Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome one, welcome all. It is Thursday, January 12th, 2023. The Dallas Cowboys are getting set to play in a playoff game. It is a special playoff edition here of the Blog and the Boys Roundtable. You can watch us live on the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel. Watch us after the fact, of course, at your own convenience, or you can listen on the Blog and the Boys Podcast Network. My name is RJ Ochoa. Tonight on this special Thursday edition of the Roundtable, there are four horsemen with me. I don't know what that makes me. Number one, Chris. Hauling, uh, you can see and hear and read these people all over the Blog and the Boys universe. Chris, uh, the most popular one of us on the Instagram. Uh, no coincidence, he is the youngest. Chris, what did you have for lunch today? I had uh, Jimmy John's. Oh, dude. Guy. Very good yep. call. What flavor chips? Uh, I got the barbecue ones. My man. All right. Well done. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Laurie, tonight you get to be Brandon, uh, Brandon, because the other Brandon is not here. So a promotion of sorts for you uh, representing Rutgers. Um, what did you have for dinner last night? Uh, last night? Ooh, uh, a steak fajita quesadilla. Holy crap. All right. Massive step up. From, no offense, Chris. Uh, from, you know, we went really there, professional yeah. here. Uh, <laughs> did you make it yourself or is this like a local establishment? Uh, no, this was from Applebee's. So, yeah. A fine choice indeed. Danny Phantom joining us from, um, I think, the interior of the uh, Lake Tahoe abode that we saw on Tuesday night. Danny, I love what you've done with the place. Um, you really do have a, an eye and an ear for graphic, not graphic, for interior design. Thank you. Yeah, this is the default that comes with uh, StreamYard, by the way. Oh, that's good to know. Um, not an ad, but we do use uh, StreamYard um, to power these shows. Um, it is what it is. By the way, you can hear Danny Rabble Rouser and John Mishota tomorrow on the Star Seminar here on the Blog and the Boys Podcast Network. Tony Catalina, uh, in a bit of an unusual spot for you, Tony, as far as the orientation of the roundtable goes, the podcast audience can't necessarily tell. Are you feeling a bit out of sorts? Are you feeling um, like uh, like in Meet the Parents or Meet the Fockers when he talks about you flush it and it's like, the, oh no, I think it was Wedding Crashers when you flush it like the opposite side of the world and it spins uh, the other way. Yeah, yeah, it's a little different. I, I like my usual spot, but, you know, I can adapt and move forward. Okay, all right, well done. Uh, so, first of all, Mitchell, Danny, has given you a negative five points for wearing a New York Giants jersey. You do kind of look like you're wearing the New York Giants royal blue. Uh, it is not, so everybody is aware. It is a Tony Dorsett jersey, TV. I wanted Zeke Elliott to wear number 33 so badly when the Cowboys drafted him um, as, an, as an homage, uh, of course, to TD. Speaking of homage, tonight's roundtable is presented to you by our friends at homage and because of that we have a contest so uh pay very close attention if you're with us live obviously if you're catching the rewatch or if you're listening on the podcast you can rewind and understand the instructions all you have to do if you want to win a t-shirt we're going to have three winners beginning at 8 p.m central time 9 p.m eastern what you have to do you have to come to this video after the stream ends so if you are here live you cannot do this now we certainly appreciate all of your comments but after the show is over. Once the live portion of things has concluded, we would like you to comment and tell us the thing that you are most confident in regarding the Dallas Cowboys and their playoff game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like I said, this contest presented to you by our friends at Homage. You can win 
any Dallas Cowboys t-shirt that you want. Uh, Homage has a wide variety of Dallas Cowboys t-shirt selections. Uh, here are all the rules. If you want to screenshot this, we also tweeted it out uh, so you can check things out. Uh, but uh, best of luck to you. They have some NFL Blitz, some NFL Jam t-shirts as well. I'm wearing a Dak Prescott NFL Blitz one. Brandon, if you won of the uh, the t-shirts on the screen, you're not eligible to win. Which one would you choose and why? Oh, man, I would go with the Dak CD Lamb one. I think that uh, it's not only vintage, but I think the stats are pretty accurate. Uh, so I, I think Micah Parsons on the bottom one is a little, uh, little underwhelming with the stats part. I think he has something to say about that. They do have a cool Micah caricature sort of one. They have the Blitz ones, like I said. Chris, what would you choose? Um, I definitely would have gone with the Micah and Trayvon one, you know. You know, I'm a big Micah guy. I got the jersey back there. I'm wearing one now. Uh, Yeah, no, I'm a big Micah and Trayvon guy. I'm all about the defense. Even though I do think Micah's stats were a little bit under uh, underappreciated on that picture. He should have all green everything. Mm, well said. Uh, if you do not win a shirt, sorry about that. But we do have a link to Homage's Dallas Cowboys collection in the description of this video on YouTube. Check them out. I think you can get some on sale right now. They have more than T-shirts. They have hoodies and sweaters and jackets and things like that. So uh, Homage is awesome. Uh, Brandon, um, it's very strange to call you, Brandon. Tonight's roundtable is presented by Homage, but it's sort of presented by you. You were the one who said, hey, RJ, I have an idea. And it was very complicated. Um, somebody here, I won't say who, actually had to message me and say, hey, I need some clarification on the rules. So can you lay this out? What are we going to be doing here tonight? Brandon? Yeah, so it's it's it, RJ came up with the title. So I'll, I'll throw that to RJ uh, for credit. Let the call cards fall where they may. And I think that for me, when I always think of a roundtable, like I think that when you have this big group of people, like what what in my mind pictures that? And I think that when you're playing cards with your buddies, with friends, family, you're surrounded by a roundtable. And I feel like with the Cowboys, we're at a point where we're pushing all the chips in the center, right? Like th this is playoff time. It's winner go home. You're going to be leaving the table with a lot or nothing. So I figured it would be a great game to play where we want to come up with the best cards possible to get the Cowboys a playoff win. That could be a specific player, sets of players, coaches, whatever we think is the best possible scenario. RJ sort of like the dealer in this situation. He'll be handing out the grades for all of us. Um, and then listen. We'll, we'll talk about it, see if we agree, see if we don't. It'll be a, it'll be a good time. Mm, well said. Um, it does remind me of Rounders. Um, you, you know, do you think I just recently watched Glass Onion, another, another Ed, Warren, uh, Ed Norton classic? Chris, have you seen Rounders? That movie came out like 20 years before you were born. I haven't seen Rounders, but I've seen uh, Glass Onion, which you were just okay. talking about. So Bums me out just a little bit. Uh, Jess, by the way, uh, who could not join us, apparently. I asked her if she could, and she didn't respond to my Slack message. So thanks, Jess. She gave you, Brandon, five points for being the GOAT when it comes to being creative with his ideas. Danny, we will start with you. Uh, give us your, um, your hand, your cards, whatever you want to say uh, when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys in their upcoming playoff game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I'm going to go with some pocket pairs. When I was looking at this game and thinking about, okay, who do I really need to see some production from in this game for the Cowboys to come out on top? And a lot of the players that I identified happened to wear, you know, the same number. So, uh, you know, a couple of them, I think that it's, you know, Leighton Van Der Esch is back. So we got pocket fives coming with you. And I think he, um, it's going to be very important for both he and Damone Clark to another pocket pair, also 33, uh, to um, you know be able to handle their jobs without have the Cowboys having to commit too many resources to try to stop the run because you know they want to get in situations where they can come out for Tom Brady. So that's super important. Also, too, on the offensive line, I need to see something better from Tyron Smith. You know, there's there's pocket sevens there, and mm. I you know he's getting you know I I think he's not contributing enough in the running game, and I think he's very important. He need, he really has to have a good game. Also, I'm curious to see how they're going to de deploy 
Connor McGovern with if he's not in a starting role, um, you know, it's cool. He'd be playing some fullback, some jumbo packages. I think, you know, we might see some little creativity, hopefully not any route running creativity, but so we got pocket six pocket sixes there. Uh, but getting to the important ones, um, obviously, you know, CD lamb is the, their biggest offensive weapon. Uh, I think that he's their biggest separator. He's got to come through with a big game. The Cowboys have to find a way to give one of their biggest stars the ball. But let's just finish this off with um, the best pocket pair, and that's uh, pocket aces. Your Micah Parsons. You know, we. You know, if you've ever played cards and you have pocket aces, you know you don't want to slow play them. You want to go aggressive with it. So for sure, I hope the Cowboys just just turn him loose and just uh, have release Micah and just have him coming at at Tom Brady as much as he can. So. For me, it's those pocket pairs. I'm be honest. I thought Brandon had the inside track for this whole thing because it was his game. Danny, holy crap. What a way to start. Um, oh, yeah. You know, I typed up the banner because I thought there's no way this man can take this anywhere further than Leighton Vanderish and Damone Clark. But um, you really ran with it. Is that why you wore the Tony Dorsett jersey to kind of start things off with your pocket pairs point? Well, actually, it's just a coincidence. I, I wore it because the last time the Cowboys won in their in their blues right, right, it was right. this this blue jersey but playoff, uh, game. playoff, playoff game playoff playoff game correct yeah but no absolutely dorsett you know, he's a hall of fame pocket pair for sure so uh so that's where yeah i tied that into but you know in, in all full disclosure i filed taxes by I, I used to play some cards you know back in the day so uh you know i uh i have i'm a little familiar with the game Okay. Uh, you still doing it online? You know, that's a question for a different day. Um, Danny's going to, you know, make enough to buy everybody an homage shirt, I guess, um, is what I took away from that. Tony Catalina, we've talked so much about Leighton Vanderesh and his return. I don't think we've spoken enough about how it also elevates Damone Clark. I think that's an important aspect of Leighton Vanderesh coming back, the rising tide that lifts all boats. Absolutely. I think just, uh, I'm a big proponent, obviously, I think you guys would agree. It just, the, the more talent you have, the more depth you have, it's, it's obviously going to help. I mean, having Damone Clark in a defined role, be able to kind of you step aside a little bit and let Leighton Van Der Esch take over. And uh, it keeps everybody fresher. I think Damone Clark has gotten a lot of good reps and he's really, to, you know, he's really impressed me in, in a lot of ways. So um, I think this is a good point. And mind you, the first four games of his like career, you know, three or four games is almost like baptism by fire. The dude didn't have a training camp. He didn't have a preseason. Um, I think the best of Damone Clark is is really yet to come. But um, getting Leighton Van Der Esch back and kind of making that um, that group in that room whole is, is definitely a good thing for this Cowboys defense. Brandon, I forgot Connor McGovern um, in, in the second attempt that I had at the banner because, again, Danny just went on and on and on and on. We have not seen the jumbo package this year. I mean, is there is, is, is the most optimistic part of you willing to believe that the Cowboys saved it, that they knew at some point we're going to be there, we have to wait for the right time, and they've been patient, and this could be the moment? Yeah, I think so. I think it depends on who is the starting guard. You know, if McGovern's in there at left guard, then you might see somebody if he's active like a Farniak, you know, like because I know he played that role a little bit earlier in the season. But I think that if you're trying to run the ball and be effective with it, why not throw everything at the wall right at this point? You know, you, this is win or go home. Um, I think Connor McGovern, he left the week one game very early on. So we didn't get to see what he was performing like against the Tampa Bay front. And again, having stability and continuity, I think right now at this point is very important. So I do think that for him just to be back in general in whatever role he plays, I think is a benefit. Chris, if all of these players that Danny mentioned, the pocket pairs, again, I hadn't totally realized how many of them there were on, the, on, on this particular team. And that's why I was kind of shocked. Again, Danny, seriously, incredible start. If you got, I wouldn't even say an A game, but if you got the, the B plus game from all of these players, do the Cowboys win? Like if I guaranteed you, you get the B plus game from Leighton, Demoe, Tyron, Connor, CD, and Micah, is that enough for the win? There's no reason why it wouldn't be enough for the win. I mean, I mean, if they all 
that they all produce. Tyron Smith is giving you protection. Connor McGovern's giving you protection. Micah's getting pass rush and Layton's, you know, uh, he's playing great defense against the run and CD's creating separation. I mean, I mean, I think that that's definitely an, um, I definitely think that that's an equation for success for sure. Danny, um, if one of these players had a, a pair of anything, you can pick what it is. What is it most likely to be on Monday night? Is it Micah with two sacks like he had in the season opener against the Bucks? Is it CD with two touchdowns? Is it Leighton Vanderish with two forced turnovers? Like if, if you had to bet, no pun intended here, on one of these players having a pair of something, who would it be and what would it be? Yeah, no, I'm taking Micah in his two, in his two sacks because, you know, his sacks come in pairs. And uh, so, and you know, of course, you know, he started the season off with sack and Brady twice. So, you know, and Brady's, you know, the offensive line isn't as great as it is it has been before and we know how that he's not mobile at all so honestly i mean i would i hope that he he gets more than a pair be honest because i think micah could really do some damage to this game but i would definitely go with with micah with two sacks brandon are you raising your hand or adjusting your mic adjusting the mic i'm gonna make it so that the logo and label is uh shown look at that Look at this guy. Five more points to Brandon. All right. You know, tough sledding so far for Chris and Tony, but you guys haven't really had any opportunities to be fair. I mean, just Danny came out hot. Tony Catalina, you're up next. What is your hand? What do you, where, where do you want to go? I'm so, I've, I've signed up for this adventure. I have no idea where we're headed. Yeah. I mean, uh, the first hand that I'm going to come with is a, uh, is a three of a kind. And the three of a kind is for me, it's going to be CD lamb, Ty, uh, T Y Hilton and Michael Gallup. I think uh, if this Cowboys offense is going to do anything, it's got to come with those guys being productive. I'm not worried about CD lamb. I'm not worried about his play. And, you know, obviously the rapport with him and Dak Prescott is really, uh, it's really there really clicking and he's done everything that we've hoped and expected him to do. But, uh, T.Y. Hill in here, he's been here a while now. He's been here a little bit. This is what they brought him in for to really help and step up in the in this playoff situation. And uh, Michael Gallup is just, you know, it's kind of been MIA a little bit. And, uh, but if you're, if there's a time to kind of break out and shake off, you know, the jitters or not even the jitters, but kind of just the whole knee situation, it has to be here. It has to be now. So my three of a kind is three wide receivers, three guys that the Cowboys will probably, probably go as they go. And, uh, and I'm pretty excited to see what happens on Monday night. So I'll say this. Um, normally, we have a rule that once something is utilized in whatever game we're playing, it's burned and can't be done again. But there is a finite amount of hands you can have in a game of poker. So we can reuse and recycle things here. So somebody can use three of a kind or pocket pairs, um, you know, just given the the parameters of what we're discussing. Uh, Brandon, who was the most important one? If, if, I, if you could guarantee that one of these players had their A game, to go back to the question I asked Chris a moment ago, who would you want it to be? Because I have an answer that I think is different than what everybody else would say. Uh, we might share that answer. To me, it's Michael Gallup. My man, uh, because I really do think that if Michael Gallup is successful, that means the entire team is successful. Well, I wrote one of my recent articles that came out on blogging the boys. I said that one of the biggest questions coming into this playoff run is what are you more concerned about the wide receiver position or cornerback? And I said to me, cornerback, you're kind of you're left with what you have. But I think that you have so much talent at wide receiver that's underutilized right now, whether that is Michael Gallup just still trying to find his way or is that Kellen Moore not using him enough? You have talent there. You have resources at that position. It should be used in, in benefit of the Cowboys offense. So I do think if Michael Gallup has like seven catches for 75 yards and maybe a touchdown, I think the Cowboys win this game pretty handedly. Yeah, I was listening to Lindsay Rhodes' podcast um, from this week earlier when she talked to Danny Kelly from The Ringer, and she referenced an article she read, and I was curious what it was, and I was going to look it up, um, from back in the offseason about the importance of a wide receiver too, Chris, and how we kind of underrate and undervalue that, and that's probably the biggest lesson to take away from this Cowboys season, um, is that CeeDee Lamb is absolutely an, an, you know, a top-flight number one wide receiver, but 
when he was your wide receiver too, that was something that you could really rely on. We have really kind of seen some regression from that position as far as production is concerned with Michael Gallup here this year. Maybe that improves next year. But I mean, if you looked at the just the NFC playoff teams, Chris, I mean, and you just ranked their wide receiver twos. I mean, Philly's ahead of Dallas, right? San Francisco's ahead of Dallas. Minnesota, I think right now, I mean, Adam Thielen hasn't had an amazing year, but he's ahead of Michael Gallup in terms of what we've seen this year. Chris Godwin's definitely ahead of Michael Gallup. I mean, Tyler Lockett's ahead of Michael Gallup. So you're talking about only the New York Giants have a quote-unquote wide receiver two who we would not take over Michael Gallup. Yeah, no, I would, I would definitely agree that um, we've been kind of uh, lacking a, a strong wide receiver two this year. I think it speaks to the mistake of trading away Amari Cooper. But um, that being aside, I I really don't put that much blame on Michael Gallup for it because I think he's still recovering from his injury. I mean, it takes a long yeah. time to recover from a torn ACL. I really I think people are kind of um, overreacting about the whole Michael Gallup thing, saying, oh, he's a typical cowboy who we paid. And then he suddenly mm -hmm. fell off. And he's having a great year. Like, give him some time to come back and fully recover. I put more blame on the front office for us not having a wide receiver too right now with them trading away Amari Cooper. We really didn't need to make that trade, and it still bothers me to this day. Imagine how good this offense would be if we still had Amari Cooper with CD. So I don't really put that much blame on Michael Gallup for it, but it is kind of – um I mean, it is a little bit disappointing that he hasn't been what we expect from Michael Gallup, but I also don't put all the blame on him for it. Agreed. Kevin says Gallup regression for a receiver is normal for a receiver that is just now a year removed from an ACL tear. Um, seeing similar sort of things with Chris Godwin. That was obviously a heavy comp for Michael Gallup in the offseason. Um, Melissa says 10 plus points if Gallup is on. I agree with that. I really like this comment from Kel Benjamin says whatever RJ says is correct. Um, Kel, not a relative or friend of mine, just uh, you know, a loyal viewer. Let's just put it that way. Uh, Danny, you nodded in agreement that Michael Gallup is the one who you would want to guarantee an A game from. Who do you trust is more likely to have a premier performance? Define that how you would. Michael Gallup or T.Y. Hilton? Who, who, who's more likely to bring you their A game? And, and understanding that they're different A games. I think between the two, it's going to be Gallup. And, uh, you know, I think I agree with everything that's been said. And I think uh, you, it, to Chris's point, too, is we know that's the case. We know it's the injury that slowed him down because we've seen Michael Gallup as a number two before, you know, because he was here before CD was. Right. And so we know he, we know what he's capable of. Um, but I think, you know, and actually, uh, John Machado's actually mentioned this. And I think. It, Spoiler alert, Danny, the podcast drops tomorrow afternoon. What the hell? Well, well this is. Yeah. This, <laughs> I, but this is really I think this is important that if the Cowboys came out and established Michael Gallup early, you know, to let let the defense know, hey, you got to you got to, you know, uh, care about this guy. I think that opens things up for uh, CeeDee Lamb. But I want to talk, you know, I think. I think Tony made a great choice with the three of a kind. And and I think all the attention is on the pocket eights. You know, CD Lamb is the focus. But I think if you flop a Dalton Schultz in there, then you got your you got your set. And then I think you're in business. So I think you have to throw Dalton Schultz in the mix too, because I think he could be a key part of this too. Cause you know, if if they can't get things going with with TY Hilton and stuff, we know CD is gonna be a focus. But if you get Gallup, because he's the safety net too. If you get Schultz um you know to be over over the middle there i think that can really help move the change so um i like i like that combination danny if dalton schultz is part of the flop who is the turn oh, i don't know you're just looking to catch a boat at that time uh you know i don't know but you're sitting in good shape with with trip eights on the on the flop justin took five points away from you danny for spilling the beans as far there's as more, John there's more beans there's more beans uh tony this was your point um uh, we didn't really talk about cd lamb i mean is it just inherently understood is it is it assumed that that cd is going to have a, a kind of classic cd lamb like are we at that point where cd lamb games are a common theme 
I, I wouldn't assume it. I think it's a necessity, though. I think, you know, as, as far as him stepping up and being what he has been over this last year, you give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. Now, obviously, um, the playoff games come with a, with a heightened sense of, you know, a feeling of emotion or whatever. Um, we've seen guys rise and fall in those situations. I think CeeDee Lamb is the type of player that's going to rise in these moments. So I, I, ex- I, I hope to see it. I expect to see it. But, like, um, until proven, I mean, really, last year and this year, he's kind of getting his beak wet in the playoffs. And it hasn't been a consistent thing for this franchise since, what, 2006, 2007. So um, I think the Cowboys, in order to be successful, need to see this version of C.D. Lamb that we've seen this year. But uh, we'll wait to see if it actually happens. Mm, Okay. Well done. This was really fun. Brandon, um, you keep picking up points um, despite having nothing to do with the the cards or the hands that are being kind of laid out because you inspired this whole thing. Uh, Chris, are you going to keep the good times going? Tony's typically kind of the buzzkill, so um, I don't expect it to be you here, Chris. What is your hand? (laughs) My hand, I'm actually going to come out with a full house, and my three is going to be the tight end group. I really want to see the tight end group more involved. I feel like Kellen has kind of shied away from that. I'd like to see more use of Dalton Schultz, Jake Ferguson, and Peyton Hendershot. I think that that's a good way to get um, get some easy first downs and keep the chains moving. And then my two would be the running back duo. I really want to see Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard get more carries throughout this game. I want Pollard to get a lot more carries than last time um, because in the last game um, against the uh, Buccaneers in week one, Tony Pollard had six carries and Ezekiel Elliott had 10 carries. That's not a recipe for success. I know that that game kind of went haywire and things were going badly all over the place. It looked like a preseason game. But in this playoff situation, we need to keep the ball away from Tom Brady, I think, as much as possible. Rest that secondary. And I think the best way to do that is to get some easy plays with the tight end unit and with the running back group as well. Mm, I like this. Um, again, if there's another full house. It's you know you, you you can only be so creative when it comes to these particular hands. But so far we've had three different ones. So uh, well done, Halman. By the way, has awarded everyone five points for understanding all of these poker references because they're flying over their head. Would anybody have? I would have assumed Halman was like a pretty sharp poker player. Am I alone in that? No, you know I what mean, I mean? He, he picked the Bucks to win. So I mean, you know, it's a great <laughs> point, man. Holy crap, guys! This is Brandon's game to lose. Uh, I love, <laughs> so, I love, I love so, Halman. Uh, so everyone is aware. Um, I don't know. Danny can can let us know. But a full house is, is one of the more improbable hands that you can have in the game of poker. I don't think it's as improbable as, say, a flush or obviously a straight or a straight royal flush, whatever the case may be. Uh, but, Brandon, um, this is a little bit improbable. We haven't seen a game like this. I would argue the last time we saw this kind of game was maybe Thanksgiving Day uh, against the Giants. Ever since then, there have been other points of success for the Cowboys. But, again, we kind of go back to, like, are the Cowboys saving stuff? Have they been holding on to that? Have they been reserving Tony Pollard? Have they been kind of holding, you know, Jake Ferguson back from doing something else? Like, like, do you buy into that? I mean, the last time the Cowboys went down to Florida, Peyton Hendershot had a pretty nice touchdown. Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, I hope it's not the case where they're holding their cards that they're close to their chest and it's like double reverses. Like, don't do that. Like, that's the stuff we don't need. But I do think it's it. they tie in hand in hand. I think it's a great point by Chris by putting them together because I think in the run game, you need the tight ends to step up as blockers. You know, when you have Levante David, um, you know, Devin White, they, like they're going to be attacking Tony Pollard and Zeke Elliott. So you need your tight ends to step up on the edge, on the outside. Joe Tryon Shroyanka, if I get that name right, um, he is a very good defender on the edge. And he's still a young player. He's still learning. But he, uh, like, dominated the Cowboys' offensive line the last time they played. So when you're trying to eliminate a player like that, you need your tight ends to step up. And now we're seeing a full season of progression from somebody like a Jake. The guy's a Wisconsin guy through and through. So he knows how to run block. Have him step up in that situation. Danny, I love the answer. And, again, all you guys are killing this here. Um, But I think – 
in in theory, we would say, okay, if you've got to go down one way, go down with the three of a kind, go down with, with Michael Gall, or excuse me, with CeeDee Lamb, right? Like go down because you threw it to CeeDee Lamb 14 times and it just didn't work out. If you go down, because you if, if Dalton Schultz led the Cowboys in targets and, and they lost, I do feel like we would sit here and be really upset. Is that sort of safe to say? Or is this a, hey, it's the, you know, the lowest hanging fruit is the sweetest for a reason. Take what the defense, take what the Bucks give you on Monday night. I agree with you, but I do think I mean I love I love Chris' answer his answer not just a full house obviously but the choices he made too because I I think those players are so important you know for in this game but I, you know to kind of speak to your point too I think that you know you don't want to get caught you know you don't want Kellen Moore does not want to be playing too tight at the table he you know he we don't mm. want to try to gr- grind this out you know you got to take your shots you got to open up that playbook you know you want to create some run equity by demonstrating you are willing to air it out. So absolutely, you need to have those deep deep shots in, in your offense. But those players are so important. And the Cowboys, they're going to have to move the ball. They're going to have to run. So they're going to have to be effective with being able to block and, and utilize uh, both the, you know, the tight ends and both the running backs. We're going to see a lot of the, a lot of you know 22 personnel. And so it's um, to me, I think that it's a, it's going to be a collective effort. I, I, I'm, I, I feel like we're going to see some surprises. I know that's kind of cheesy everyone's like no he's not saving the good place for the playoffs but i sort of hope he kind of is because you know we've seen how well that this group has done you know the tight ends and 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 the running backs together and and so i don't know i i feel like they have it in them you know and and that full house is kind of it's a little bit hidden too it's not something you you expect to so i i like chris's choice Full House uh, will be an acceptable answer, by the way. A really great answer if the Cowboys visit the San Francisco 49ers in the division round of the playoffs because the Full House house is in San Francisco, California. Just um, so everyone's aware, you know, we'll kind of try to manifest that. Uh, Tony, this, you know, I mentioned that a, a Full House is one of the more improbable hands you can have uh, in a standard game of poker. And so it's unlikely to repeat again, at least for the game you're playing. And this is kind of the like dissipating hand for the Cowboys, right? Like Jake Ferguson's going to be back. Peyton Hendershot's going to be back. But of the of the five players we're talking about here, Dalton Schultz is probably gone. We don't know what's going to happen with Zeke Elliott. We all kind of hope the Cowboys are going to bring back Tony Pollard. But unlike the three of a kind that we just talked about, we know that C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup are going to be back next year. We'll see about T.Y. Hilton. But I mean, this this could be the last hand you play with some of these cards right here. Absolutely. And I think that's the reality of a lot of I mean, every season, right? Um, whether it's playoffs or ends in week 18, uh, you know, this team will never be the same again. Next year, there's guys that just flat out won't be here. There's guys playing for contracts are going to end up in different positions, different situations. Um, I was a big Cedric Wilson guy last year. Oh, you know, he now he's buried in the bench in the Dolphins and he isn't doing much there. And I think I would. You know, there was times at this point this year I would love to see Cedric Wilson back in the Cowboys uh, wide receiver room. So um, it's it's it is true. It's in every game, and I think that's why there is a lot of emotion in these games beyond wanting to win and everything you've put into it since you know training camp before that and training um, is the realization when you lose and you don't advance that like things will never be the same. You look around, your locker mate probably isn't there anymore, and I know it's a kind of sad, morbid thing to say, but at the same time, it's the reality of the of the game you play. Mm, final day of high school green day is time of your life just playing in the background um we're all listening to it or the grad was it uh vitamin c who sang the graduation song it was vitamin c right i think maybe not that's a reference that's probably lost on on most of you that's okay yeah, yeah that's all right um <laughs> negative 10 points everybody brandon um this was your game so um i wanted to save you for last for the first round at least um what is your hand and why I wanted to stay away from the hands because even if I lose points, I wanted to let everybody have fun. I went with wow. scenarios, like card game scenarios. And 
I think we talked about it a little bit earlier uh, with the offensive line. I think right now the offensive line, it's like your bluff hand, right? You're you're in a scenario where you get your cards and you look at them and it's like, I have no idea what I have here. And it could take you all the way to, you know, winning the the pool, make some you know money, like whatever. It, it could help you along the way if you do it the right way, if you play your cards right. But I think that right now you're kind of in this middle spot of once something is exploited, like right now, Tyler Biotish is coming back from injury. We don't know how 100% healthy he is. We're hearing by all accounts that he's good to go. But when you're playing somebody like Vita Vea, that's a difficult matchup. We know last week or last year, uh, week one, he gave him a lot of trouble. So what are we getting with this offensive line? Tyron Smith has struggled just a little bit at right tackle. Again, it's a transition. Mike McCarthy mentioned about that earlier this week. So what version of this offensive line are we going to get? Is it going to be the bluff that's going to take us all the way? Or are, are the Bucks going to figure out soon enough that, hey, listen, the cards that they're playing with right now, not very good. We're just going to attack them all night. Chris, it does feel like at least the national media still kind of leans on, oh, the Cowboys have the best offensive line in the NFL. The Steelers have the best linebackers in the NFL. Like Those are kind of tropes and cliches that stick around for, for way too long. Um, what, what position groups do you trust less than the Cowboys offensive line? Because I can't imagine maybe the secondary as a whole. Um, I, I don't, I don't want to answer for you, but what do you trust less? I mean, as of right now, probably the only group would be the secondary. I mean, this offensive line looked really bad against uh, the um, Washington Commanders. I mean, they couldn't create any run gaps. They couldn't do anything. So, I mean, this is a unit that has, you know, talent. Tyler Smith is evolving. Um um, um, Tyler Biotish is coming back and he's improving and, um, Zach Martin's obviously an all world player. He continues. He to missed the, so, sorry, Chris, he missed the opener mm-hmm. last year. People forget that got put on the COVID that list is right a before big... that, that, you know, that we, we talk about how close that game was and Zach Martin wasn't a part of yeah. it. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I mean, uh, I mean, I'm having Zach back will definitely be huge for the run game. I think that outside of that though, the offensive line has been regressing since that big you know, I get, you, you know, I think like since 2014, a lot of the media has been like, all oh, the Cowboys have the best offensive line in the league every single year. And it's just not the case. It's not the case this year. I think that the Eagles even have a better offensive line in the division. I think there's a lot of other teams who do as well. I think that the only group that I would really be more worried about is the secondary. And that's just because there's so many injuries happening through that secondary and, and outside of Darren Bland and um, Trayvon Diggs, it's not looking too hot. Mm. Tony, do you feel, um, like if the Cowboys lose, like, like, could you see a world? Like we t- sometimes, something we talk about on other shows is like, could you see a path? Could you see a path where Dak is just like under duress over and over and over again? Um, not quite Atlanta in 2017, but just like that being the reason the Cowboys lose a tip ball, things happening because of all the chaos and all the pressure. Oh, hundred percent. I think it's, it's a real possibility. I think that's what Tampa Bay's game plan is. I think, uh, I think they're confident in their, in their run, you know, in their run defense. I think they're going to bring some pressure. I think Todd Bowles and that's kind of how he operates anyway, is they're trying to, they're trying to figure out how they can get to Dak Prescott. Now I think it could be a fool's errand because we know Dak Prescott's numbers against the blitz. And when they bring pressure is, is actually, um, you know, one of the top in the leagues, but, um, I think I could see them kind of attacking a weakness. Now, the one big thing I say for the Cowboys is um, Tyron Smith didn't play in week one and Tyler Smith was making his first ever NFL start and it was at left tackle. So there are some things in this offensive line that are in the Cowboys favor. Even if Tyron Smith is not 100 percent because he's playing right tackle, I still love having that guy on the offensive line. I think that helps you. And, and Tyler Smith is 17 games you know, better than he was at that moment. So there are some things to feel confident about going into Monday night. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. 
but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Danny, don't you feel like the whole idea of Tyron at right tackle is a bluff? Like maybe they're bluffing themselves, or like they're like this will work. Like you know, because like it's been shaky. Like there, there has not been a game where we've we've been like that was totally clean. That was pure classic vintage Tyron Smith. And to be fair, that doesn't exist at right tackle. But like this is us almost trying to convince ourselves that that it's totally working out because it's kind of the only option. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I don't. I feel like it was just you know Smith at right tackle is more of we don't want to move Tyler. So right. Um, yeah, and, and, and honestly, I thought possibly they they might when Biotis got hurt, they might consider doing some switching around and stuff to where maybe we see you know Tyron back in his, his regular spot. But I, I don't know. Um, honestly, it's I, I've played around with uh, some different arrangements, and I don't know what's going to be best. I mean, how how where should we go with Peters? You know, should they go back to you know to, to Tyler? At left tackle, I don't know. It's it's really it's difficult. All I know is that even whoever they got, they're they're still lacking some strength in there, and they're gonna get they're gonna get pushed around in the middle. That there's no arrangement that's gonna make that not be true. Um, so it's really gonna be how they go about kind of mitigating that and, and figuring out ways to still move the ball when they're just gonna get dominated at that, in the trenches. All right, so we're going to go around one more time, have everybody give one more hand. But before we do, I'm going to give one because I've been so inspired and I really like this game. Uh, does anybody know what the statistical worst hand in poker is? I imagine Brandon or Danny do. I don't. Danny Phantom. Danny Phantom, what is the worst hand in poker that you can draw? Uh, do seven offsuit. It, well, okay. Like for the purposes of, of simplicity here, we're talking seven two, right? That's the, that's the the hand. That's the numerical hand. Offsuit, obviously, adds, if it's the same suit, at least you're you have some opportunities open to you. But um, my hand, or it's really more of a situation to Brandon's point, is the seven two Trayvon Diggs ripple effect. Um, we all trust Trayvon Diggs. We all understand that Trayvon Diggs is going to take care of Mike Evans. We believe that with all of our hearts. But what I'm concerned about is the ripple effect, and that's where the two comes in. Trayvon Diggs, cornerback one top flight corner, premier corner, whatever you want to call me in the NFL, but the CB2 on this team, whoever's matching up against Chris Godwin, that is where this game can be lost. Be- because of how great Trayvon Diggs is be, like we talk about how that is such a weapon, how you can take away one wide receiver. Cool, you're going to take away M- Mike Evans, who had a million yards and a million touchdowns last week. Chris Godwin is a very abled wide receiver in his own right. And if Nation Wright, if Deron Bland, if Xavier Rhodes, if they cannot hang, we can sit here and talk about three of a kind and Dak and Tony Pollard and the full house that Chris laid out. But like, if the Cowboys defense isn't getting to Tom Brady and we know that he is very great at evading pressure and he can just pick on the Sean Ryder, whoever it is over and over and over again, Tony, that could be what dooms this team. 
I 100% agree. Um, the thing that kind of gives me some peace whatsoever is the fact that I think Deron Bland and Chris Godwin are going to have a matchup in the slot, right? Which makes the, the, the conversation for me really a dicey one with, is it Nation right on Russell Gage, right? Is it is, is this the game that Russell Gage absolutely tears us apart? So and I then do we, agree. And then we like, hear the story about how Tom Brady personally courted him. Like, couldn't you, couldn't you like imagine that? Like, you know, Joe yeah. Buck telling us throughout the broadcast after he catches his fourth touchdown, how Tom Brady <laughs> called him and wanted him for these moments. Like you, you could see it. A hundred percent. Like I, I already got like, you know, goosebumps on my neck from just even thinking about that, but you're right. I mean, the cornerback two, cornerback three, I, we like Deron Bland. Thankfully he's healthy enough to play and everything. We dodged the bullet with that, but yeah, this outside of Trayvon Diggs, the confidence level in this secondary in the cornerback room specifically is, is really not there right now. Chris, you're somebody who like a lot of Cowboys fans are saying Trayvon Mullen, let's see what he's got. Let's do it. Trayvon, Trayvon, Trayvon. Didn't exactly work out, right? Like kind of a bummer. And so now we're sitting here. We're like, Xavier Rhodes just joined the team last week, but he's going to save us. Like, do you really believe that? Or do you believe it in like, uh, I have no other choice. I have to believe this because if not, then they're going to lose. I have to believe it. I mean, I know Xavier Rhodes is far from his Pro Bowl uh, status that uh, he once was in his career, but it's either him or Kelvin Joseph. <laughs> like, you know, you know, I'm always going to take the other one or it's him or Nashawn Wright or it's him. Like, I don't know. I think I was a little biased in the Trayvon Mullen thing because I'm a pretty big Clemson fan and and uh, he was really good at Clemson. So I really wanted him to succeed, you know, but um, overall, I have to say that, yeah, no, I think it's almost to the point now where who else are we going to play? You know, it's it's Diggs, Bland, and then who's that other guy? And I think that Rhodes might just be the best player left by default just because he has that experience. I trust him a little more than Mullen because he's proven that he could he can ball out when he needs to in the NFL and Mullen hadn't really proven that yet. Not to his degree. So mm. I think it's a little different than the Mullen signing. Brandon, I think this week, like the way we feel right now is what we should remember when the Cowboys are on the clock in the second round, because you, you cannot play with that pick. You can't like we're sitting here and experiencing the ramifications of them playing around with that pick for Kelvin Joseph. And the moment that pick happens, a lot of Cowboys fans light up all of our Twitter mentions, right? Like, oh, just be quiet. Like, don't you're not in the room. You're not scouting with them. They know, blah, blah. You cannot play because you, you might wind up in a wild card game and have nobody to match up with a Chris Godwin. Yeah, it, it really is a shame because I really had high hopes for someone like a Kelvin Joseph. I thought the light would turn on, and unfortunately, it's not looking that way. And the fact that the Cowboys are considering going with a cornerback that they just brought on their practice squad a week ago, not even, I mean, that's that's crazy, but that's the world that we live in. And I brought this up on Tuesday for the roundtable, if anybody wants to go back and check it out. You know, you have a scenario where I would probably prefer to go with uh, Rhodes at corner because of the fact of his experience. Like to me, you live and die with the experience. He's seen a lot more. I, I put him with Julio Jones the whole game. You'll have just two old guys battling it out, you know, just like, you know, it's okay. Uh, but I do think that, Deron Bland, he has that tenacity. Again, when we're looking at the sum of what the season has been, he has shown he can handle the best wide receivers in the NFL, especially in the slots. So, again, I have to trust in what I've seen with my eyes. I know Rhodes has been a good corner throughout his career, most of it. Bland has been great this season. You just got to line up and see what happens. Danny Phantom, your second hand of the night. Uh, first off, I want to mention that, you know, I don't typically uh... – you know, pander to the host, but I, I think that was very creative. RJ, I think, uh, did a good job with that. Not only because it's super important. Um, but yeah, I mean, Tom Brady will just, just, if he sees a weakness, he'll exploit it and it will feel like the Cowboys are being dealt, you know, do seven every hand and you can't do anything with that. So good choice, RJ. Um, so, 
for my second hand, so th- I might I might be dealing off the bottom of the deck for this one. So you might have to kind of might you know you might have to just kind of di- we'll work carry with you. Don't this. worry. <laughs> okay. So uh, t- to me, one thing, and I'm bringing this up because I haven't heard anyone say it yet, but um, I think that the Cowboys need to just pull out all the stops with Mr. Prescott. I think that we know that um, you know opportunities like this don't come around very easy. You know, we don't know when our next chance would is going to be. We're guaranteed nothing. We don't know what the future holds. The time is now. There is no tomorrow. So it is time to take let Dak take off with his legs. So for my next hand, so I want to, us to let Prescott get flushed out of the pocket. But it's not just any flush. Uh, do you know what they call a quarter pounder with cheese in France? I'm sure you do. It, you know, it's a Royale with cheese. Royale as in quarter, one-fourth as in one-four to rule them all. Dak running wild is our royal flush. Um, fours are wild would have been the better way to put that together, I think, <laughs> Danny. Um, but you know, you you went you you went left three times when right was available for you. You know what I'm saying? You know what? Um, That's what you're gonna have to do in this game. And I think that Prescott. I, the main point is, I really think that Prescott's gonna have to real. He's gonna have to run. We've talked about the offensive line problems. You know, we know that they're gonna sit on the sticks. It's gonna be really important for the Cowboys to just basically do everything they can to pull out all the stops. And I think that means that we're going to have to see, you know, Dak, you know, beating them with, with his leg. So that's, to me, that's what I really think is going to be the, you know, we saw that. And again, I'll give, give credit to Mr. Mishota, uh, but, um, yeah, you know, do you it, want it, anyone to listen? I mean, like, Hey, I, I just want to give credit where credit's due. I don't, you know, this isn't what my scene, uh, I mean, he, we weren't talking about poker or anything, but, uh, you know, Dak taking off was something that was mentioned. But if you think back to the, you know, the last time the Cowboys won you know, against Seattle, look what Dak did. You know, he was just, I mean, we all remember him flying through there you know, in the end zone. So, I, I mean, this is the time where you know, no, you're no longer worried about this, his health and everything. You just got to turn him loose. And I, I think he's going to have to take advantage of, of the, that space that he has in the middle. Tony, during the kind of funk of last week, there was a point where Dak scrambled for a first down and, and kind of dove for, and it was very reminiscent of that wild card win against the Seahawks. Granted, that was for a touchdown. Um, do, do you agree, right? Like, th- there is no tomorrow? Like, you know what I mean? Like, like who cares? Like you know, you if, if you you know you have to do it. Like this, this is like Tony. I, my position on this is, um, and I'm, I'm going to talk about this tomorrow on the Espionation NFL show. There are two teams in my mind on in this whole playoffs um, that have waited a year for this. Uh, one is the Buffalo Bills. Ever, ever since they lost that coin toss, the Buffalo Bills have been aching for a chance in the playoffs, and they're finally about to get it. Obviously, this weekend. But similarly, the Dallas Cowboys, where we can all be honest and straight up about it, the 49ers owned them. The 49ers ran all over them. The 49ers exposed them, exposed how soft they were, et cetera, et cetera. This is the opportunity, Tony. I mean, they embarrassed themselves. They whined. They complained. They pointed fingers. They said it was the refs. I mean, now it's in your hands, to Danny's point. Without a doubt, without a doubt. And I and I think Dak Prescott would agree with you. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but he had mentioned, you know, in the past that, you know, he's trying to be more calculated in the regular season when it's September, October, November. He wasn't going to do the leg thing. He wasn't going to try to run. And, and he knew the value of having him on the field in the regular season. But he said when it's playoff time, it's a different brand. It's a different style of football. You're going to play your game and you're going to try to be as efficient as possible. But you may have to use your legs. You might have to get a little more risky than you than you typically would because every Everybody understands it's winner go home. So um, I 100% agree. Danny's on the money with it. And um, and I think Dak Prescott, the quarterback, understands that as well because he said as much. 
Chris, um, you have a very popular Dallas Cowboys Instagram page, but on your own personal Instagram recently, you posted that you went to a Charlotte Hornets game against the Los Angeles Lakers. You posted a photo, and it might have been a video of LeBron during warmups, um, and you captioned it. Great, what was it like? Greatest basketball player ever? You know, I don't. It was something to that effect, right? Um, yeah. LeBron, kind of the master of load management, right? And, and that kind of leads us back, right? Like the, the idea that like you can't hold anything back, you can't leave anything back here, particularly on Monday night. Does that lend you to the belief that they have been like to Tony's point, like that that does feed the idea that they were like, we don't need to waste anything against the commanders, especially when we need all this help, right? Like this is about Monday night against the Bucks. to hell with whether we're 12 and five or 13 and four. We came all this way for this moment on Monday night. You know, after talking with you on that Instagram page, um, um, RJ, you did kind of convince me that maybe Kellen Moore's play calling was because they were wow. holding back. So I think that you did kind of change my opinion a little bit on that. It does make the most sense. I can't see any other reason why Tony Bollard touched the ball so little, why the plays were so cautious. I at least hope so, because if that was what they can come up with at their best, then we're in trouble on Monday. I'm assuming that we come out more aggressive with better plays and a little bit smarter on the offensive side of the ball. So I do think that we were holding back in that commander's game. And I really hope we were because, because if we weren't, then uh, we're in trouble for sure. Brandon, Danny's point was about Dak, but, you know, Kellen has taken some heat this week. In fact, Chris posted the news on his Instagram page. Hey, Kellen Moore has been requested to interview with the Carolina Panthers. Take him, take him. All the comments. Take <laughs> the coordinator uh, that, that has assembled one of the best offenses in the NFL this season. All these people who are just really upset by what happened last week. We don't talk enough about, I know that these people do in like a silly sense, but like, Kellen could get fired, right? Like he might not get a, a head coaching job. Like the Cowboys could move on from him. Like this is also, you know, not the time for Kellen Moore to leave anything in the proverbial bag. Yeah. I, I mentioned on Tuesday, again, last season in the playoff game, there was an unutilization of CD lamb, Tony Pollard, and people were concerned. It's like, where are your star players? And the only person that had success was Amari Cooper and he's no longer here. So those guys have to step up. And I do think that, if we see another repeat of what happened in Washington or last season where the offense isn't moving and you're not putting the ball in your playmakers' hands, there might be a conversation to be had. And I do think that the Cowboys are better with Kelmore only because of the consistency. And we talked about that again. RJ, you and I agree on this. We all know that. Um, I do think that when it comes to Kelmore, I, I think that we will see a lot more creativity. You know, the, the Cowboys weren't, to me, the Vikings game isn't like an asterisk. I know we haven't seen that lately, but when you do it once, you can do it again. And it might not be 44 to three, but I do think that you can put 27, 30 something points on the Buccaneers defense if you're creative enough to exploit their defense. So I, I think we're going to see a lot more from Kellamore. But again, if it doesn't go right, I mean, there's a conversation to be had about his future. You know, I, I do think there's something too, and this is something that Chris and I talked about on Instagram this week. When the Cowboys have wanted it, when the Cowboys have felt like they've had to have it this season, there were two times that the Cowboys were like, we have to have this game. It was the Vikings game. Trayvon Diggs told me that here on the Blog on the Boys YouTube channel. We put that interview up. He said, this is the one. They had obviously lost the week before against the Packers, and we got kind of lost up in that. But he said, we really didn't care as much about that. This is the one. And similarly, against the Philadelphia Eagles on Christmas Eve, Tony, that was the one. They wanted those two games when they wanted it, when they were dialed in, when they were focused, they were at their absolute best. Tony Catalina, what is your second and final hand of the night? Mine is, uh, I went th uh, three of a kind the last time. I'm going to go two of a kind here. And the two is so a pair. the coordinators. A pair. I'm going to need the coordinators to step up. Dan Quinn and Kellen Moore. We just talked about it at, you know, at length about Kellen Moore and what, what this game could mean for him and his future prospects and exactly where the fork in the road of his career looks like. But uh, 
for this game specifically, uh, Dan Quinn's going to have to get creative, right? There's this defensive line has regressed, whether that be injury, whether that be schematically, whatever the case may be, this defense defense as a whole has, has really not lived up to the early season billing that they had. Um, you know, Tom Brady's going to get the ball out quickly. He's going to neutralize that pass rush. Um, it, it, despite having some injuries on the offensive line, I believe he is one of the least sacked quarterbacks in all of the league because he gets the football out just so quickly. Um, with that comes with, if you got Nation Wright and Deron Bland playing so far off the ball, Tom Brady is just going to nickel and dime him to death, right? It's going to be slants. It's going to be underneath routes. He's just going to get the football out. Michael Parsons isn't going to be able to get in there and touch him. So I need Dan Quinn to scheme something up. I need him to get creative. Maybe if it's a little different and they go a little unconventional in their attack. And then on the other side of the ball, you know, what you said about Kellen Moore is, is right on the money. Like this guy needs to come out there and if he's holding things back and if that's the case, then we need to see it, right? If there needs to be some creativity, we saw some running their heads into a wall last week. We've seen some bland stuff at times this year, uh, this year. And, um, you know, realistically, I understand Mike McCarthy and he deserves all the credit that he's getting this year. But at the same time, th- this game could be won and lost with the two coordinators. Danny, um, which coordinator having an elite performance is more necessary? Like what? What you know? Is it Dan Quinn who needs to show up more than Kellen Moore, or the other way around? Who? Um, I think honestly, because of this matchup, I'm going to say that it's it's more on Dan Quinn. Um, I, I mean, I I agree with you. I like I like Tony's answer, but I didn't like the rags you guys were throwing out there. That this last conversation, Kellen Moore is not going anywhere via. Well, I mean, we're just fired. talking about potentials and possibilities right like you know yeah i know know. that's that's very uh that's those are crazy odds right there amari Um, cooper wasn't going anywhere a year ago danny i mean you know like like crazy things can happen well that that's anyway with the thing with i I mean kellen moore i agree he needs to he needs to have a good game plan and he needs to do a good job and same thing with with dan quinn uh but i mean i don't i can't see a situation to where like the Joneses would be unhappy with what they, they, they know his body of work. I mean, he works. The guy is, uh, there's teams interested in a head coaching job. That's, that's not somebody that's, you know, on the hot seat to be fired, but talk, going back to this point, it's really tough because it's really a, a the, the bucks rely so much on Tom Brady and, and what he, he could do. So I think that Quinn needs to be able to have a good game plan to be able to, to make sure that if they're constantly t- attacking nation or, or whoever that's you know the covering Godwin, you know, or just any any shifty receiver on on one of the Cowboys' non-shifty corners, you know, and they're just constantly feeding that, and we have no no answer for that. Then that's not going to be good. We're, the Cowboys aren't going to have a chance if that happens. So to me, I feel like it's on Quinn's got to find the stunts that work. You know, he's got to get that we got to get home. There can't be a situation to where we can just just be blinded out, you know, as we watch Tom Brady just constantly, you know, move down the field, and we can't even get our offense on. So to me. In this game, I feel like the little bit more pressure is on Dan Quinn. Um, Danny thinks that more pressure is on Dan Quinn, Brandon. But who who do you trust to have a, a, a better game, Kellen or Dan Quinn? Uh, to me, it's Dan Quinn. And I go to what we've seen with regards to second half adjustments. And I know the offense has taken that route, you know, a couple times this season. But I do think that Dan Quinn has so much playoff experience. Uh, he's been there. He's seen a lot. He's been around for a long time. I trust that if for whatever reason, I mean, look at even like the Bengals game. Like I look at that as the Buccaneers were up 17, nothing. And then all of a sudden the, the Bengals started getting turnovers and then they went and they win the game in the second half. So 
to me, you have an experienced coordinator that has seen a lot. I, I trust him to, if there's anything that's going wrong, if a cornerback isn't playing well, like let's just say they go with Nashawn Wright for the first half and then they have to pull him out. Like I trust him to make that decision, not just stick with him and say, no, like we need to give it time. It'll work itself out. We trust the pass rush to get home. I trust him to put the right players in place. And I maybe that's somebody like a Dante Fowler who hasn't been talked about too much, where maybe he's in a little bit more than like a Sam Williams because he's been there. He's been in playoff scenarios. So maybe he trusts him a little bit more. I think Dan Quinn will implement the right cards, the right players, and set them up for success. Chris Halling, what is your second and final hand of the round table? Am I allowed to do another full house or would that be like not very creative? Should I do something different? It's got to be a bigger full house. I mean, yeah, like you can do it if it's if it's better than your last one. I'm fine with that. I think um, it's so really important. Can... Okay. Yeah, I think oh, it's man. a really important full house. It's, I got you're, three you're sacks and the two win. takeaways. So. That's okay. I got three sacks and two takeaways. I think that that's a good number for the Cowboys defense. It's going to be hard to sack Tom Brady. We know this. He gets the ball out quicker than any other NFL quarterback in the league. He's a very hard guy to sack, but you've got to give your secondary a little bit of – I would say like relief because if Tom Brady's just diming and getting the ball out as much as he wants to, it's going to be a long day for the Cowboys. Three sacks, I think that that's a good and that's an accomplishable number, especially with our pass rush. It is on a grass field, which I don't know how much I'm putting into that. You know, a lot of people on Twitter and, you know, different analysts are saying that the pass rush really can't be as effective on a grass field. I'm not sure if I'm buying into that 100%. I know we talked about that a little bit on Tuesday. But and also two takeaways, if we can just give the offense the ball two more times than, you know, they're supposed to have the ball. I think that the Cowboys can pretty handedly dominate the game, I think. And I think that that's a big recipe for success. If we can just get three sacks and two takeaways on that Buccaneers offense, I think the Cowboys will be in control and will win their playoff game. I think everybody looks at that and says, well, Chris, I'd rather have three takeaways and two sacks. But like sometimes a sack, like you get a sack on third down, that's a takeaway, right? Like, you know, it it can work out that way. Tony, you chuckled when Chris brought up the grass and we did talk about it on Tuesday, but this is it's not gone away Um, now. And I saw you even quote tweeted something. um, I don't know who it was, Tony. You can remind me that that actually cited Micah Parsons's career on grass and or his season on grass and how he's not as productive. I mean, are, are you putting even like a non-zero quantity 1% into this, Tony, or is this just a matter of coincidence? Literally not at all. Like, I, I don't <laughs> think this, this is so beyond. Like, these guys, you know, for better parts of their life have probably played, played football on grass more than they've played on turf. Like, I mean, realistically, I mean, it's such a silly narrative. I blame Jason Garrett. <laughs> Jason Garrett brought up this thing, you know. it's What a nonsensical thing. I mean, I put up uh, some statistics and tweets, and I, I can't believe I actually had to put that. Like, Dak Prescott is 15 and 12 on grass fields. Like, just to put it in there. Like, it's it's nonsensical. It's It really doesn't mean anything. But, hey, it's the, it's the conversation of the week. So, here we go. Uh, Brandon, um, give us some names for to, to, to sort of predict Chris's uh, full house here. Who do the sacks belong to and who do the takeaways belong to? I, I do think Micah Parsons gets too. I don't think there's any way he's he's not going to. I'm I know there's been a conversation about the all pro and everything like that. I think that he's gonna have that at the forefront of his mind. I like somebody like a Dante Fowler to step up again with experience. He's had like a little bit of a surge, like coming off of the last few weeks. I like what he's what he's shown. If it's Demarcus Lawrence, I think that's also great. But I I want him to be better in run support. I think that's gonna be more important. Let the other guys rush the passer. But I think the takeaways. Give me Deron Bland with two, honestly. Like I, I, I trust um, that he has that confidence right now where he knows that he's one of the better corners in the league, at least as a rookie. So I, I trust that, yeah, Trayvon Diggs will be getting Mike Evans, but 
him and Tom Brady have not been on the same page. Tom Brady's going to be looking for Chris Godwin, I think, a lot in this game. And he's going to test the rookie. And the rookie's going to be up to the test. And I think that he gets two two picks. Mm. Danny, if if the Cowboys... The, the number here is five, right? Like five total between sacks and takeaways. If if they are below that, if they don't have it, we'll, at least see, we'll say even below four. If they sit at three sackaways, takeaways combined, is that enough? I don't think it is. No, I mean, it's, it's very hard to get more than you know multiple turnovers on Brady. Uh, so I think that's, I, I actually think Chris picked the right combo for the cool house. That's the more likely full house to happen. You um, doubted yourself, Chris, never doubt yourself. Uh, you. But, but, um, but there's no excuse for us not to get to at the quarterback. We have to get to the quarterback in this one. And, you know, I, I hope, you know, hopefully we'll get some players like, um, you know, Dorrance Armstrong could come through and, you know, make plays. Cause we haven't seen that in a while. And, you know, as far as getting picks, you know, what about another do seven, you know, what about J Ron curse comes through, you know, with mm. with the pick. So, um, I, uh, I, I think there's definitely potential for the Cowboys to get some of those big, big defensive plays. Uh, and they did. I do think, I think that's a, that's a, a good number. And I think they got to get it to, to come away with, you know, a winner on this one. And also on the grass thing, I feel like it's with it. I mean, what is it going to be grass or the sun? I mean, it's always going to be something. I mean, it's like, you just, it's, that's just silly. So, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a Sith, so I don't deal in absolutes, but I think it's pretty silly as well. So. I think you could just as easily make a big deal about the jerseys, like not from the perspective that they're cursed, but like um, I had never thought about this until um, the Astros season where they just won the World Series. But from Valdez, who who won the World Series in game six, um, he, when he pitched and this like became a thing that I, I didn't know until like May, um, he preferred the Astros Navy jerseys and it was because they're lighter. Um, and so like, I, I can kind of see that, right? Like you're a pitcher and like, it's affecting your body and your movement. Like I could kind of, so like, you could just as easily say like, oh, well the Navy jerseys, like, I don't know for maybe they're more difficult or they're easier for Dak to see and identify like players in motion, whatever, like the contrast, like I, I put as much stock into something as trivial as that, as I do the grass thing to Tony's point, uh, Brandon, send us home, take us home, land this plane. This has been wonderful. Um, you are the, the favorite entering this final hand. So, um, make it count. Uh, again, an, another scenario, and it's just kind of like what Danny brought up with the Royal Flush, but you're one card away, right? You, you're oh, on the cusp of greatness, but what is that one card going to be? Is it going to be Dak Prescott throwing for four touchdowns, no interceptions, maybe 250, 300 yards? That'd be fantastic. But for me, I also see a trend where penalties were the issue for the Cowboys last season. Penalties have been a problem at some points this season. I look at that the Cowboys right now are the sixth most sixth most penalized team in the NFL. But the thing that I look at is also the unnecessary roughness penalties. And when I was looking up all the stats and everything, they are second in the league in that category behind the Rams. And what what also is alarming to me is that the Cowboys they have uh, they have the most in the league on the road with seven. So to me, it's like okay, is it a road environment thing? Like maybe you're you're just feeling it a little bit more and. I look at the guys, the two names that could be potentially those final cards is like a Sam Williams and a Kelvin Joseph. Sam Williams right now has five uh, or four unnecessary roughness penalties, two illegal hands to the face. He's shown up the past couple of weeks of being just a little bit more undisciplined. I get it. He's a young player. But Kevin Kelvin Joseph accounts for about 7% of the Cowboys penalties, not a lot. But it's the type that that is what that's what's killed them. It's 94 yards, which is about eighth in the NFL among all players. And again, he's only playing 70 percent, mostly special teams. Landon Dickerson, who is an offensive lineman for the Philadelphia Eagles, he is the most penalized player in the NFL, but with 89 yards on 93 percent of the snaps. So Kelvin Joseph has been a liability and he hasn't played every single snap. So 
in this playoff game, are we going to see a repeat performance of what happened with like Randy Gregory last year? I know he had about three penalties in the mm. game. And that kind of caught them off track a little bit. Who's going to be that type of guy? I hope it's not the case with these two young guys because I don't think they're going to see the field as much in a playoff scenario. But again, what is this final card going to be? Is it going to get you the Royal Flush to win everything and move on? Or is it going to be the thing where you're sitting there and you're like having five cards you don't know what to do with? Yeah, see, I thought you were going to kind of go like the the like oblong shaped baldness of all this right like what is the like do you get a blocked field goal right like do, do you you know do you get like a pi on you know do you get a third and 30 like what is what is the thing what what is the the kind of open sequence of the dvd of this game if it works out the cowboys way um tony could you see a kelvin joseph penalty like being the the unraveling like the first tug at the thread it's possible. I mean, and that's what my fear is, right? When I look at this football game and, and kind of look back and reopen the wound that was the 49ers game last year, um, th- that Tony, like, I'm so this, sorry. This... Ethan had an amazing comment said it's the wild card that Brandon, that was like, <laughs> that's how you should have came, come into this. It's the wild card round. Oh my gosh. But Tony continue. That's not, that's perfect. I, I'm glad you interrupted me for that. So, <laughs> uh, but no, you open the wound of that playoff game and you just see the unraveling and just the, the perplexed looks on their faces and the, and the blame game they played at the podium after the game. It's like, are we going to see that? And that's what I'm most nervous about, right? You can talk about Tom Brady. You can talk about the grass. You can talk about anything else in this football game. But what I'm nervous about is how is this team going to respond after last year? And when last year was an embarrassing performance where, you know, there was a lot of, um, soul searching after that right these guys were talking about penalties and they're talking about we didn't do this and you know we didn't do that and there was ref conversation so i'm nervous to see what is the makeup mentally for this football team you know i believe that Dak prescott and i believe in mike mccarthy that these guys have figured it out but yeah calvin joseph a young guy you know not the most disciplined sam william not the most disciplined these are guys that are new or not new but newer that could come in and kind of mess up this whole jive of a team that thinks that like they've come and, and overcome those things that from last year See, like, I'm totally with you, Tony. Like, I hated every word they said after the game, after they lost to the 49ers last year. Like, there was nothing but, like, you know, blame shifting and whatever. And similarly, it, not not the same, but in a similar way, after after the Cowboys, and we talked about this on the roundtable, after the Cowboys lost to the Packers, what did Micah Parsons say? Hey, if Dak ever gives me a 14-point lead again, I'm never going to lose it. Literally a few weeks later, they blew a 17-point lead against the Jaguars, right? Like, And so it's kind of like, okay, guys, like, don't be the team that has to say never again. You know what I mean? Like, like. You're you're in front of that right now. Don't wait till you're behind it to say that. And so that kind of goes back to Brandon's bluffing point, Chris. Like it, at the end of the day, the game of cards is a game of chance, right? Like it, it's a game of what cards are you dealt. So it all comes down to the person who is operating the game at hand, and that is Mike McCarthy here. Do you? This is a, a yes or no, pass fail question. Do you trust that he's the person that that can handle these cards, that can sit at this high rolling table and and walk home? I mean, and cash out because because every year or every time this has happened, the Cowboys have have wound up in the red. No money, no money, no money. We want to go home. We want to plan a trip to to the new Universal Studios Park in Frisco. Yes, I do think he's the one who can do that. And the reason why I do is because, A, he's won a Super Bowl, and B, I mean, we've seen all year that he's been able to handle adversity and get through tough things. So I'm sure if something doesn't go the Cowboys' way in that wild card game, then uh, Mike McCarthy's the um, right coach to be able to pull us through that and uh, and uh, come out with a win. Danny, um, this is just positive or negative. What what direction does that card fall? Chris, Brandon talked about, like, what is that card? But do you think that card, the proverbial bounce of the ball, works in favor or against the Cowboys. And I, I recognize I'm asking you to predict the future, which is an impossible thing, but what does your gut tell you here on Thursday night? I mean, honestly, I mean, I think that's a great, great answer, by the way. And and I think if you look at the Cowboys' last four playoff 
losses. It's always been something, whether it's the Dez catch or the Jared Cook, you know, catch at the sideline or, you know, the CJ uh, Anderson or yeah, can't, can't, or, can't stop Jared Goff on third down. He runs for gets the first down. Right. And then what was it last year? Well, what the, the, we run up I mean, there Debo. in the time runs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're always like that one one card away, you know, and I just think that I, I think oftentimes the Cowboys have the best hand. But, you know, then we just can't get a clean run out. You know, we that one card shows up in in some weird fashion and, and that ends up being the killer. And I, I wish the Cowboys would not put themselves in this situation. You know, and if you're asking me that same question, just ask, you know what my answer is going to be. So I'm not even going to answer it. But I do think that it's, you know, that we're, we're going to find ourselves in that, that same situation. And we just, you know, they're going to burn and turn and we're just going to hope for the best. And you know what? I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to reveal. I guess, you know, that's the fun of it. To your point, Danny, my, my advice to Mike McCarthy, be the big blind. Be, be the big blind. Push this table around. You have the bigger stack of chips here. I know that they have Tom Brady. They have the, uh, you know, the fancy like token or whatever to put on their card so they don't fly away because of the air condition. You have the bigger stack of chips. Be the big blind. Wait the whole game out. I mean, do you not agree with that philosophy, Dan? Well, I just, to me, I feel like when I, when I watch McCarthy, like last year, he's like Phil Helmuth at the table or after he loses. Wow. He's I never confused. thought we'd shout out Phil Helmuth here. <laughs> well, he said he doesn't understand. How could this possibly happen? He's completely, the awareness of what's going on is just, it's just it's totally catches him off guard. And that to me, I just think that's silly. And it's silly when Phil goes on his rants because that guy's a phenomenal card player. He, you know, he knows what he's doing, but he just acts like he doesn't. And uh, uh, to me, that's that's what worries me is we get a situation where we see the life being sucked out of us. And McCarthy's not going to have the answers over there. He's going to be kind of look like, well, I don't understand what, what we're wrong. You know, we this shouldn't have you having this. We were better than this. And then when he's answering questions afterwards, somebody's going to be getting blamed for it. And it there's so that's what worries me. So that that's why I, I don't I mean, when he. When he can take this Cowboys team to the next level, and the next level is just getting past the divisional round. When he does that, then my answer will change. But he hasn't shown any ability to do that. And I just worry that he's not going to have them ready when it matters the most. And we're all going to find out Monday night. Mm. Well, it should come as no surprise to anybody that our roundtable winner tonight, Brandon Laurie, 45 points. The three of you, Chris, Tony, Danny, tied for second place with 44. It was a very, very narrow margin of victory Brandon congratulations some some are wondering if you were counting cards because this was your game that you invented do you feel like that is um a fair accusation uh maybe that I had a few cards up my sleeve that I wanted to play so I mean listen you know what I enjoyed the game as as just a listener I think everybody brought answers that I agree with I thought there'd be a little bit more debate here tonight but we all seem to agree with each other which is also a good thing so I'm I'm happy with that Mm, well done Tony do you feel like the best man won it's tough to argue. I think Brandon killed it tonight, so yeah, I'll give it to him. Chris, um, if it if Mike McCarthy were here, I think we'd have wanted to Mike McCarthy. But other than that, Brandon's a good choice, right? Yeah, I think Brandon or um, Danny would have been the right choice. I think they were definitely on top wow. of all the references. No love for Tony from Chris. I mean, I think Tony did great too. But I, <laughs> hey, listen, I think everyone did great. I think everyone did great. I think we have a great team here. I think we all killed it. Um, Danny, um, are you at peace with the way this conversation went? I am, yeah. Actually, it was it was a great, great game. Uh, I think you know what? At the end there, I think uh, you know, Lori brought the nuts, and you know that's how you wow. that's how you win this, you know. And uh, so, absolutely well deserved. And uh, I think everybody did a good job, even you, RJ. 
You know, what can I say? Um, last thing, uh, before we do the last thing, uh, we have been running a contest, or actually we're about to start the contest. We have a contest, thanks to our friends at Homage here on our roundtable. So the moment our stream ends, uh, we're six minutes past 8 p.m. It's supposed to, you know, kind of end right now, uh, central time. Uh, the moment the stream is over, leave a comment telling us what you are the most confident in when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys and their upcoming playoff game on Monday night against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We will leave the submissions open for 24 hours. We will pull three winners to be selected. And if you're listening to the podcast, uh, you got to go over to the YouTube video. You leave a comment. Tell us what you're confident in, et cetera. The three winners will each get a Dallas Cowboys shirt from Homage. And if you are watching on YouTube or if you've come to the YouTube link, you can look in the description and, and find Homage's Dallas Cowboys selection. They have a lot of great stuff there. Um, I do have one more card up my sleeve. It's really not um, a, a fantastic sort of thing, but we can't leave our final roundtable before the playoff game without doing it. So I will say pick a card, um, not any card, a specific card. I would like each of you to give us a final score prediction. Who wins on Monday night? David Hellman is not on the panel. I don't know if he's still in the comment section, but he picked the Bucks. Uh, so we'll start with our winner, Brandon Lorry. Who wins? What is the score? Monday night, Dallas Cowboys at Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think it's a 27-21 Cowboys, and I think the defense stops Brady on the final drive uh, when he's trying to take the lead. I think that the Cowboys win um, pretty handedly, um, and I think it's going to be a good game. Mm, the Cowboys have won a game on a defensive stop against the Buccaneers. Shout out to um, to the 2008 team. Brady James um, should have gotten a penalty for taking his helmet off as they celebrated that, by the way. Uh, Danny Phantom, Chris thought you should have at least been in contention for winning. So pick a card. Give us your final score prediction. So I'm actually going to so – it's real close with Brandon, but I think it's going to be the other round. I don't think we do stop Tom Brady, and I think that we at Cowboys lose 1916. Oh, my gosh. Danny Phantom. Chris, do you regret saying that he should have won? Yeah, I think I'm shifting. Is more somebody towards Tony is that now. you, Danny, playing with chips? Is <laughs> that, that that's right? Yeah, that's yeah, that's me. Okay, are are you capable? Of, like that's a, a veteran move to be able to kind of do the the chip stack. With you want to see some chip, some tricks? I'll show you later. Okay, thank you. Um, that's that's the roundtable after hours. Chris Holling, give us a final score prediction. Cowboys Buccaneers. I'm gonna go Cowboys win. 31 to 14. I think it needs to be that kind of a game because I don't have the faith in the Cowboys making that final stop on Brady if it's close. So I think it needs to be a bigger blowout than that. I think that I think that if the game is close in the fourth quarter, that's when we're in trouble. I think Kellen Moore kind of redeems himself for his past performance against the commanders. And I think the Cowboys take care of business. Okay, Tony Catalina, we have I'm picking the Cowboys to win. I'll say I don't know 30 to 16. Um, so it's three to one. Um, you're on the same row as Danny here. So you're going to separate yourself. You're going to stay down there. You know, how's this going to go? I'm definitely going to separate myself. <laughs> I think I'm going to separate from that as much as I can. Um, no, but honestly, I, I really do think the Cowboys win. I think it's to the tune of 24 to 20. I think the, the Bucks score a little bit more than they typically do because it's Tom Brady in a playoff situation. So give that a little respect. I think their defense is good, but I think the Cowboys, Dak Prescott, able to kind of breathe a sigh of relief and get it done and uh, get the W. Mm, okay, Danny Phantom, what should be the inspiration for next week's roundtable? What game? What classic game? We did cards tonight thinking like Yahtzee. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I mean, we're gonna have to see how this this hand plays out before we do anything else. You know. Okay, Chris Holling, um, close us out with a statement. Anything you want. It can be it can be rah rah. It can be positive. It can be about something non Cowboys. But the last words belong to you. The Dallas Cowboys will get their first win against Tom Brady on Monday. How about them Cowboys? America's team. We are making a Super Bowl run, and it starts with beating Tom Brady.